I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, and my hot mic co-host. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Yeah, man. We, um, If y'all did not get a chance to join us on Hot Mic, uh, there is this new app that's uh, really cool. We've been trying to think of ways to uh, watch... You know, watch in a figurative sense, I guess, or air quote uh, games with you guys. And uh, people have been asking for this, DMing us, tweeting at us about it, and we tried it for a bit. And Nick um, got in contact with this uh, this company called Hot Mike, and yeah, so pretty much we lit, Nick went live through the whole game. I, I joined at halftime, and man, it's really cool. So. Pretty much y'all download the Hot Mic app if you're watching at home and you want uh, to kind of watch the game with us. We answered a lot of questions uh, throughout the game. Kind of provided some commentary too. You know, Nick called a little bit of the game and we're going off and on during commercial breaks. We're talking about random stuff, uh, stuff that TNT broadcasters wouldn't talk about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Boban and hitting Aldridge somewhere. And uh, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. It's something we're gonna uh, continue to try to build. Uh, and yeah, if y'all can download the app and join us, and Nick has just go to Nick's Twitter for all the code and how to get in and all that stuff. And it was fun talking to a lot of you guys on there. It was super fun. I was so glad that we were able to make it happen where Isaac could watch as well and hang out with us uh, and watch the broadcast. And rough game, but I thought the broad the hot mic was fun answering questions. There's a chat, obviously. Uh, and you can hit the sync button, so we're watching pretty much at the same time, and so that's the really cool thing. That's why we haven't we've tried it on other apps before, like Periscope and YouTube Live and all that kind of stuff. But the reason why Hot Mic works is because there's sync buttons. So download the Hot Mic app. The link is in the description of this podcast. Use the code Nick Van Exit. That's how I get paid. Uh, and follow me. I'm almost to 200 followers. And uh, top twenty on Hot Mike so far, which is uh, Nick has more followers on Hot Mike than Two Chains. <laughs> Got seriously, guys like uh, Steven Jackson, true. Matt Barnes, uh, Two Chains. Uh, people use this app to go live during live events and kind of talk with people during live events and stuff too. So Nick has more followers than Two Chains. Let's go. That is true. Two Chains has not done any of his own personal streams, but he did do a stream with Steven Jackson. That was cool. All right, on today's pod, we are obviously going to break down the Mavericks 119 to 109 loss to the Spurs. <sighs> Isaac and I don't get frustrated often. But this was a game that we got really frustrated about because, man, this was a game that the Mavericks absolutely should have won. Even with the injuries, uh, this was a game that just absolutely they gave away. Yeah, especially when you look at the people on the other side of the ball. You know, Keldon Keldon Johnson was getting good fourth quarter minutes. Trey Lyles, you know, finished with fourteen points, hit four threes. Uh, Bryn Forbes and some of these guys. I mean, I know Aldridge. Uh, Aldridge, you know, had a good night with twenty four points and had some big shots over KP and stuff. But uh, they definitely should have won this game. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. We obviously look at you know blame stuff with this. They threw the clutch stats up on the broadcast, and I mean I, I I'm so sick of talking about clutch stuff. We've talked about it a thousand times. We talked about it again yesterday's pod. Uh, we did another pod you know what a month ago about it. 
But it's it's an obvious storyline around this Mavs team. It's an ongoing problem. Everybody knows it. Team knows it. Players know it. Like media knows it. Fans know it. It's it's a thing. I mean, it's it, we're not you're not glossing over it. It's just it's hard to. They have to figure that out, and you can, you know, they're trying different things, and you got to put your best players out on the floor. And tonight, when you're looking at reason why Dallas lost the game, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but when you are, you know, missing key rotation players like Seth Curry, Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell, uh, even if you want to say Willie and some of these guys, and Dorian not being held, I mean, that's a good chunk of players, but when you have that combined with, your second star just having another complete dud of a night, it's going to be hard to win a basketball game that way. I mean, Luca had 38 on the night, so it's just, you know, if, if Luca, if, I mean, if KP had that type of night, but Seth Curry and Brunson and some of those guys were playing, you might be able to withstand that, you know, but the combination of all, all those guys out and KP having that type of night, it's hard to win a basketball game like that when, when those th- two things are happening. Yeah, I think this game came down to to three things, right? I think, you know, Porzingis not having a great night, obviously. That's going to be a huge thing. Nine points. He was 4 of 15 from the field. He was 1 of 8 from three. And he just made some absolutely terrible mistakes in the fourth quarter again, which is not something that you want. <laughs> absolutely. I think he, he did not play well down the stretch, and I think that this game, uh, if he plays well, the Mavericks win this game. I think so that can be considered a reason why the Mavericks didn't win. The Mavericks also were without a bunch of players, like Isaac said. Seth Curry missing is you know huge. That all of a sudden puts Courtney Lee as a huge you know rotation guy. The Mavericks rotation was tiny in this game. Boban got eight minutes. Justin Jackson got nine minutes. Other than that, the Mavericks had a seven man rotation uh, with Courtney Lee playing twenty two minutes. They had Maxi off the bench at you know almost thirty one minutes. Delon Wright playing nineteen minutes. Those are the only players you played along with with Porzingis, you know Tim Hardaway Jr., Luca, and Dorian. Like those are the only guys that you played, and so. Having a short rotation like that, you do it in the playoffs because you want to have your best guys out there as much as possible, but it also runs your guys down a little bit. And so then when the bench comes out and the bench has fresh legs, the bench on the Spurs side scored all these points. Patty Mills scored 12 points. Marco Bellinelli was 16. Rudy Gay was 17. And they just didn't have fresh legs to throw at these guys (coughs) to defend them. Again, they should have won this game, but... Um, and those guys are scorers on San Antonio's yeah. side. When you look at the guys who came off the bench for Dallas tonight, Maxi, DeLon Wright, Bobon, Justin Jackson, none of those guys are you know a, a guy that's going to put up twenty for you one night. And, you know, most nights. I mean, some of them can have the potential have a game. to, right? <laughs> exactly. So when people and, and I get it when people throw out the, the bench points tonight, and say, hey, San Antonio beat the you know beat the Mavericks and bench points forty seven to twenty five. That is a that's a big difference in those two. But you got to see who's coming off the bench for Dallas. If Dallas had all their guys and they had guys like Brunson or Seth Curry or something like that coming off the bench. It probably wouldn't be that big of a difference, but we're not making excuses on that. It's just some of these you know numbers that you look at and say, oh, man, you look at the problem right there. It's the bench. Our bench sucks right now. They got outscored by, what, 18 points tonight? A lot. Well, yeah, that's a lot, but look who's coming off the bench, too. So it that there's a lot of things that factor into some of these stats, but KP, these last two games, man, you know, that's, that's a um, – it's two games. I do want to caution with that. You know, yeah, he was good our, for you know, he was good for five weeks, and now he's bad for two games. Right? I mean, put it in perspective. Yeah, it, 
And we're going to, and, and just for one, we're going to reference some things. We're going to reference Hot Mike sometimes. Now that if we're going to, you know, keep on doing this here and there, one of the questions on Hot Mike from one of the listeners was like, "Hey, are we? Should we be worried about KP right now? What is that? You know, this is a slump. This is a type of thing." And I'm not worried yet. Like, is it? It's just two games. He he proved that he went on a tear for. You know, over a month, February into March, there what 17 k 18 games, whatever, where he was on an incredible tear. So having two off games, I'm not ready to sit and say, "Man, what the crap's going on?" All this stuff. Let's. I would. I would caution a little bit more with that. I'm more worried about health. Health is my biggest concern and worry right now. Absolutely. Coming up, let's get into some more reasons why the Mavericks gave away this game. Um, maybe talk about Rick Carlisle a little bit. We'll talk about. Uh, Porzingis a little bit. I have a reason maybe that Porzingis wasn't shooting the ball as well as he has in you know this these last five weeks or so. So let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac, let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks going right now. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't just read or work on personal d- development. But there is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is a really unique app and it works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them into just 15 minutes and you can read or listen to it. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and for one low price. They have Michelle Obama's book Becoming on there. They have some sports books about how to uh, you know how athletes think, all kinds of stuff on there. It's really interesting. They have 3,000 titles that you can choose from. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for the Lockdown Mavericks listeners. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off a new subscription. That's Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your seven-day free trial. You'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. There'll be a link in the description of the podcast below. All right, Isaac, uh, let's keep talking about Kristaps Porzingis. So he goes four of 15 from the field, one of eight from three. We've learned that Kristaps Porzingis is a rhythm player. That's a thing that we've said so many times, thing that he has actually said. There's a bunch of reasons why, you know, somebody could be a rhythm player. But Porzingis early in this game got two shots in the first quarter, and they were both threes. He did not get his mid-range, you know, work, you know, mismatch and try to hit a mid-range shot and hit a mid-range shot early. And it seems like when he gets those shots early in games, he's better than when he doesn't. Do you think that plays any kind of impact on the game he had? No, yeah. I mean, when you think back to earlier in the season – you know, we're thinking about some of the first plays that we were really f- focusing on. The first plays that you know Dallas was running right off the bat, opening tip, first offense possession. A lot of times they were trying to get it to KP in the post or coming off a little you know curl screen there, right in, in the pan, whatever. Like they were trying to get KP those shots, and it does feel. I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I don't want to say and make this big declaration. But it does feel like he's shooting more threes than the typical mid-range stuff that he was shooting over the past month. It feels like he has settled a little bit more for those threes because that—that's what teams are going to want him to do, you know. And whatever you want to talk about analytics and all that stuff, the, it's kind of like uh, Embiid when people play, you know, <laughs> Embiid with the Sixers, or whatever. Even though if he was a a, a good three-point shooter. Teams want him to shoot a three pointer, okay? Because you don't want the seven foot three guy down below or shooting over the top people. Teams don't want KP to get comfortable in that mid range because they know he can get that all day, every single day. They want to dare him to shoot these outside shots and say, hey, 
do it and we'll we'll take our chances that you're gonna have an off night because we don't want you to get going you know beneath and right now I, I do I agree with you I feel like he ha- hasn't gotten his rhythm from the mid range or inside yet over the past two games it seems like he needs to get that early to me at least it seems like he needs yeah. to hit hit a shot early in the mid range to be able to feel confident about you know the rest of his game which I don't know. I guess you call that spoon feeding him at the beginning of games, and it seems sort of childish to be like, okay, he has to hit a shot like this, but that's just the way his game is at this point. And Chris Porzingis is the key for this team's ceiling, right? I mean, playing him playing well yeah. is just the key to everything. You can overcome so many obstacles. You can overcome injuries. You can overcome bench scoring. You can overcome so many things. If Porzingis scored 20 points in this game, the Mavericks win, <laughs> right? Like, if he scored 11 more points... They would have won. Uh, and a lot of these threes that he was taking are deep threes, like really deep threes. Some of them late in the shot clock, but a lot of them just really, really deep that he can hit, but he doesn't hit a, at a very you know high clip. And so, um, and, and typically you look at this game and say, all right, he's got an Aldridge on him. You know, like, yeah. you know, something like, like you look at him and be like, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, I like that matchup or, but you know, Aldridge, even on the other end of the ball, you know, Aldridge still plays that post-up game and he could still hit that turnaround jumper right over KP. Which and Porzingis did defend pretty well, the you know, yeah. beginning of the game. I thought that the, the one-on-one matchups and, you know, I referenced it every time on Hot Mike, I was trying to count them. I think it was four or five times Aldridge tried to ISO on Porzingis in the paint. I think he only hit the shot twice and it was a turnaround fadeaway jumper which is you know pretty much unguardable we know that from all the years of yeah. Dirk but um, I thought he played pretty well too. on Aldridge on defense it was an offense where he didn't take advantage of of Aldridge I I want to um, shift to free throws for a second because something th- I think this is I think I have more of a problem with the Mavericks and free throws in regards to attempts than actually missing them because right now in the league Dallas sets at 12th in the league in free throw attempts per game at 23, roughly 23 and a half free throws a game. Tonight, they only shot 11 free throws. 11 free throws as a team. Like, you got to get to the line more. You have to. Like, you you have to get to the line more. I don't care what I want to say. As far as percentage-wise, um, they're, fifth, they're right in the middle of the pack. They're 15th in the league, 77% as a team as far as free throws-wise. But... I mean, they only missed three tonight. They're 72%. Now, the three that they did miss, I mean, the Tim Hardaway free throws, that's as soon as he missed them, I'm like, I got more upset for the backlash that he was about to get on Twitter <laughs> than I did for him in the game because I'm like, fourth quarter, what, six minutes ago, probably when he missed those, five, or maybe even, yeah. you know, those last five minutes. And so, yeah, they went eight, eight of 11 as a team. Luca went six of seven. That's good. And he just Sign missed that one in the fourth quarter early when he had that, you know, he he had three free throws from the, the foul. Exactly. And so but KP, zero free throws for KP tonight. Yeah. We gotta have more. He's one of the best free throw shooters on the team. He's one of the best. I was looking at uh, as far as clutch free throw percentage um on the team. I was, I actually have this still pulled up from where we t- oh never mind. That's the team clutch stuff. But as far as Players on the Mavericks who shoot the best percentage of free throws in the clutch. Uh, Jalen Brunson's up there at like 80-something%, but he's only shot like six or seven free throws. KP's the next guy after that as far as a player that's shot double-digit free throws in the clutch. So he's one of the best free throw shooters on the team at seven foot three. I need you to take... I need you to get fouled and to take multiple free throws a game, and he had zero free throw attempts tonight. And the way you get to the line is to attack the basket, right? You got to attack the basket. You have to, you know, be aggressive. The Mavericks took forty-four threes, 
Uh, and so some people would say, well, take less threes and attack the basket more. But they made 17 of their 44. That's a good percentage, 38%. You'll take that. 38% ain't bad, You'll yeah. take that. They took 92 shots. So that means that there's, what is that, 48 uh, shots that are unaccounted for. <laughs> Right, so what are they doing with those forty-eight shots? If they're not attacking the rim, getting fouled, and some of that is on the refs too. And there are some calls that you know didn't get called in this game. And Luca was getting a little upset with the refs there, but what else is new? Um, Mavericks got to you know they had to attack that. The, the the Spurs didn't really have a rim protector. They had Aldridge in there for for some of it, but he was getting pulled yeah. out by Luca or by uh, Porzingis. You have to attack a little bit more, I think. Trey Lyles was pulling them out. I mean, Trey, Trey Lyles, I mean, I was making fun of him on the hot mic thing because I've just never been a, a <laughs> huge fan of him, but he hit four threes tonight, and him being able to stretch the floor too, that gave Aldridge a little bit more room you know, to work underneath. And, you know, uh, you mentioned this yesterday after, uh, I guess it was yesterday's pod, after KP had his first kind of down game against Indiana and saying, hey, KP still impacts the game when he's not shooting well. And he did. You know, he had two blocks tonight. He had uh, three assists, 12 boards. Um, you know, he's still impacting the game. And even towards the end of the game, I took issue when we were watching it. I took issue with when he tried to throw the ball off of Trey Lyles um, when it was about to go backcourt and it hits his leg and it starts rolling to the Spurs basket. And Trey Lyles bolts after it full sprint mm. and Porzingis takes off running, but it's not full sprint. He wasn't diving on the floor or anything like that. Whatever you, if you want him to dive on the floor, injury stuff, I get all that. But it wasn't a full sprint going after the ball. I took an exception that I'm like, dang, I wanna see I wanna see that, you know, hustle to get after the ball for that. And you you know, you jokingly asked me like, should should they take him out now? And in a situation like that, I'm like, dang, yeah, if I was a coach I'd be upset about it, but I don't feel like I I, I could I could take him out because you replace him with it even Exactly, because especially with all the injuries, it's not like you have somebody you know on the bench that could give you that spacing. That I mean, and somebody like KP, he can get going at any time, and that's the luxury of this team. Also, of I know the clutch record sucks, but they're also a team too that when they're out of it, air quotes out of it, you feel, still feel like that they can get back into it because of Luca, because of KP, and because of how this, these guys can shoot the basketball. The Mavericks got another. Really good game from Tim Hardaway Jr. in a loss. Uh, 20 points, 7 boards, 3 assists, 2 steals, 8 of 17 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. What is up with Tim Hardaway Jr. playing well when everyone else doesn't? Uh, was his dad there? Do we know? <laughs> I don't know if uh, Timmy Sr. Made, made the trip. But, yeah, yeah he had 7 boards uh, also. Uh, what, 3 assists on the night. Uh, the only starter uh, that had a... Uh, non-negative. I guess I can't do that in a sentence, but uh, he was a zero, <laughs> he had a zero plus zero. minus. Everybody else was negative. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, but no, yeah, another good game for him. And they just missed Seth. I mean, you want ideally when you're talking about pieces that you want to build around Luca and KP, you want in a perfect world you're like, dang, give me some good forty percent three point shooters. And they have two of them, and Seth at 45% and Tim Hardaway at 40. And they were missing the 45%, you know, three-point shooter in Seth tonight. And uh, Tim had a good game. It's just on a night like this, when you're missing players and KP has a night like he did, you almost have to have Tim get like 30, 35, you know, to kind of – but and so it kind of sucks because you don't want – like he shouldn't get any blame because he had a solid game. Getting this type of game, an efficient game from Tim Hardaway, yeah. 20 points, solid numbers, like that's the game you want from him. So 
It's more of, hey, we got to get KP back on track. Yes, that's the, that's the key. Also, Courtney Lee took one shot. <laughs> if you have a starter that's only going to take one shot, I don't know. Everybody, it seems like Dorian, free throws. And, Dorian and Maxi hit the threes that they needed to hit. Um, and then, man, you just you just need more for Porzingis. When, when you even say, Isaac, when you say, like, build around Luka and Porzingis, what do you need? You need somebody else to score 20. Well, you're assuming that Porzingis is scoring 22, right? Like, scoring 20 yeah. as well. And you just didn't get that from him. I mean, that's... That's what this game came down to. Uh, all right, coming up, uh, I do actually want to talk about Carlisle a little bit because a couple of people DM me uh, and some people tweeted. I don't. If you DM me about Carlisle, I don't know if you you just don't want to say it out loud, <laughs> but we do want to talk about it a little bit and discuss um, some people talking about Carlisle after this game. Coming up. All right, Isaac, let's talk a little bit about Rick Carlisle. Um, I got a DM from somebody that said. Um, at what point at what point will we spend a little bit of a longer segment on Rick? He's a good coach, but his title with the Mavs came over a came from an over the cap solid veteran team with Dirk playing like the best player in the NBA. I know it's a learning year, but it doesn't feel like we are learning from our mistakes. Would love to hear what you guys think about it, but I think it's time to talk about a coaching change. Definitely not there yet. Right? I'm definitely not there yet with Rick Carlisle. Uh this is a guy with with you know, finals experience. We've talked about him as a wizard that he can take these teams and, you know, make them, you know, over, you know, uh, he can take these, take random players and make them become solid players. And we've seen that on this team. Um, but we haven't seen Rick Carlisle with a young player play really well. There was a stigma on Rick Carlisle. And I even asked him this when I was covering the team is, do you know about the stigma around you that you do not like young players? And he gave me some Rick Carlisle answer about it, but it was a real thing for a long time that Rick Carlisle doesn't like young players, doesn't trust them, doesn't play them. This was a thing for a long time. And now all of a sudden he has these two under 20, you know, under 25 superstars that he's entrusting so much to. I think Carlisle has really changed a lot in this year. And I think he has to learn a lot about, you know, how to deal with two young superstars like this. There's just, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of people that he can ask about with this there's not a lot of information out there about how he deals with something like this because this is very new for the Mavericks and for a lot of teams out there and so I give Rick Carlisle the benefit of a doubt in a season like this I know it is a learning season I know it's maddening and frustrating that the Mavericks are so bad in these clutch games it is what a young team is going to do they are going to over you know over um produce some games and they are going to get completely you know embarrassed in some games because they're a super young team and we do expect so much from this Mavericks team that has already done so much this season that I think that Rick Carlisle can do better. Absolutely. I think that he can you know, do better in, with this team, but I don't think it's time to call for Carlisle's job yet. No, 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 no. We're, yeah, not there for from a basketball standpoint as far as Rick's job and all that stuff. And it is a very unique situation of looking back you know, how many times has this happened in history to where a brilliant wizard of a coach, you know, coaches just rave about Rick and how smart he is and all this stuff, in-game adjustments, everything about Rick. But when you have a coach like Rick, he wins a title in 2011. Yeah, it has a lot of veterans on it. You have the star in Dirk, and then he sticks around. You know, you get a, <clears throat> you kind of see it, not to go back to the Ravens a little bit here, but when John Harbaugh with the Ravens, you know, they they win that Super Bowl. How dare the you compare Dirk to Joe Flacco? How dare you? No, I'm comparing to Ray Lewis. But 
when you have the Ravens Dirk never and you have deer this team. deer antler spray. That is for sure. No deer antler you spray. You have this team anchored by Ray, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and some of these guys. And, yeah, you have Flacco and all this stuff. But they win that title. And then, you know, a lot of these coaches get the grace period, you know, after the title in different sports. And no matter how you are, you, you still won a Super Bowl. You still won a title, whatever. And, it, you know, John Harbaugh there for a little bit was like, oh, dang. Like, he was kind of on the hot seat a little bit a few years ago. And, like, are they really going to keep him around? I, I love him as a coach. And then, bam, here comes Lamar Jackson to him. And John Harbaugh had to switch up a lot of things. He's been very open about this. They had to revamp their whole team. They had to just completely redo things, completely different than how they had to do things back in 2013. So I'm not saying they have to redo things, but it is a unique situation that you have somebody who won a title with Dirk, and then, you know, what, eight years later, you get this new superstar in Luka, and he's still here, and now you have KP, and now you're kind of starting all over again but you've been in the league for so long. You've already you already done it before, and now you're kind of you're still now you're learning everything back over with them. So it is something new for him, and it, I, I'm pretty sure Tim McMahon wrote about this early in the season, and he talked to Rick and he talked about just coaching these young guys and how how it is been a, a learning curve for him, and because everything basically boils down to his relationship with Luca and KP. Yeah, and I mean that's that's basically what it is, and. How can their relationship flourish? How can he get the best out of those guys? How can he learn from those guys? What what will be different with his relationship with Luca than it was with Dirk? And on and off the court. And how can even, you know, and Luca's a different ball player than Dirk, obviously, because Luca's the ball handler. He's the playmaker. And we've we know the past stuff too with Jason Kidd, Rajon Rondo, all this stuff. And how can you navigate the young superstar, help him along in the league, grow him? And but still like give him like a little bit of the leash too, but he's still like complete. It's I think it's a completely different situation than Dirk because he's run he's running the show. Luca's actually running the show, so we're not calling for Rick's head or anything. I think that's completely like people call him, that, that is way too Put his head way on too a early spike. for that. No, yeah, <laughs> we you can't you can't get there. And the Mavericks, I don't think are anywhere close to that. The organization loves Rick. They have a loyalty to Rick. Uh, and especially not this season, I, I don't think we, yeah, it, major, trying to think, of, um, what's the different word, major opinions, major things about this core, these like three guys or whoever, it is. like I don't think you can draw those conclu- conclusions, there we go, major conclusions about Luca, Rick, KP, I don't know if you can fully draw them from this season, no matter what happens, and so I, I, we just got to see this out and see how they grow and see what happens, and everybody's going to be praising Rick if they get into the playoffs and they beat the Nuggets or somebody, and they upset somebody in six or seven games, and everybody's like, dang, Rick Carlisle, I'm like, all right, yeah, well, about a month and a half ago, people were calling for his job, but this whole season should be about Luca and Porzingis playing together and figuring out that chemistry, figuring out how those two guys play together, figuring out the best way to play those guys. The Mavericks have overperformed what a lot of us thought. Beginning of the season, I was curious to think, man, if the Mavericks get to 500, I think I'd be okay with it, right? Like, that's what some of us were saying before the season. And now they're at this point where expectations are so high because they've overperformed a little bit here. And now, you know, the over overwhelming sense of expectation is now given trying to push the Mavs to a place where they're not yet. They're not at a point where they should break up, you know, uh, coach and player like this. And in a, you know, 
coach that's been there for a while with this organization and has some longevity and uh just you get into a coaching it's like, they call it a coaching carousel for a reason because once you start it's really hard to stop i mean the lakers have done it for so long the knicks are doing it you know for, for forever and it's just really hard to, to find a coach that fits an organization like this that can succeed and the mavericks have that and it's just i don't think it's the, at the point where you know Rick should there's be roughly eating. like 18 what 17 18 games left and they're two wins away from the vegas win total what 41 what, 41 yeah 41 and a half wasn't it so i mean that's why if i mean if they win 45 i mean i i wanted 43 that was like my my target number if they hit 45 i was gonna be ecstatic but i mean if they get to like 48 wins you know 49 wins they hit 50 win mark how can somebody like how can we call for rick if they're going you know anyway that's all can we talk about real quick denver and the implications of the denver game aka i'm gonna say a statement you tell me if you agree with me or not i'm ready for your statement the Mavericks should set Luca and KP against Denver. Galaxy brain. Do it. I, I'm down It'd be for really it. bad for my hot mic stream, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm streaming this game, by the way. <clears throat> um, get them healthy. This is a game on you know second night of a back to back. If there is a time for Dallas to win their third game in a row that no other team has, Lucas, this is the night that Lucas' thumb and wrist were both taped up in this game, and he got hit again on the wrist, and he was you know really hurt holding it. And we didn't talk about that at all, Lucas' injuries uh, when we talked about the rest of the team's injuries. But sit the you know sit him, give him a rest. It's the second night of a back to back, and if Denver wins and um, they win a couple of games here. They could take the second place in the <laughs> in the Western Conference. Mavericks are probably still going to sit at uh, seven. They're two games back from Houston right now. Two games back from OKC as well for fifth. So they're not still not that far away. But it looks like they're going to sit at seven. And if Denver can get to seven, that's a better matchup than the Clippers. Well, Denver can get to two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so yeah, if, Denver can get to two. yeah if you let you know, if Denver you know wins this game, another thing is too you know you roll your guys out there. This is another time you're kind of showing your hand a little bit, giving Denver another look at <laughs> you, kind of with your guys, and you know rest them, give them the. I know people are going to tweet at me, and be like, "You suck, I hate this," because and all that stuff about rest. I but take it rest the them. Let, yes, let them get healthy. <clears throat> You kind of concede the game. If you win the game, that's awesome. But you kind of, um, yeah, keep the curtain up as far as what you have. <clears throat> Help Denver a little bit with the Clippers stuff. And then then if you rest them like that, then KP and Luka get three days off. <laughs> They'll get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then you have the Suns at home on Saturday night. And you know how, how good three days of rest would be for them as far as getting healthy, just everything. And then because you come back around, then that next week – that's uh, that's some brutal traveling right there. That's a good road trip that next week. You have four games in one week. and Because then you go to L.A., you face the Clippers. The very next night, you face the Kings in Sacramento. Two nights later, you're in Portland. Two nights after that, you're in Phoenix again. Then you come back home for the Rockets. So I would rest them against Denver. Give them three days off. Bring them back against the Suns on Saturday. There you go. You heard it here first. If it happens, which you guys might know already, if uh, the injury report has come out by the time you're listening to this. So we'll see what happens. We're coming back for Hot Mike. So if you guys want to um, watch a Hot Mike stream with me and potentially Isaac, uh, if this game doesn't have Luca and Porzingis, we'll be talking about some random things and we'll need your questions in the chat. So, guys, appreciate you. Uh, download the Hot Mike app. Use the code NickVanExit. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.